0: You're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and at dcaureview.com. Now, here's today's episode.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to episode 110 of the DCAU Review. I'm one of your hosts, Cal, and with me, the other host, my co-host, my good brother, and the gentleman that runs our Twitter page, it is Liam Liam, welcome back to another week of the DCAU
0: Review. Yes, sir, we are smack dab in the middle of our latest stint in Metropolis, the DCAU Metropolis, I should say. And we have another fun episode, as you kind of touched on last week. These, uh, while it's not quite the same as far as story content goes, it's certainly a different animal entirely. There's a lot of elements of this episode that, uh... Give me some, some more nostalgic feelings for one of my favorite shows, Smallville, and that is because we are talking about the Superman the Animated Series episode, My Girl, this week.
1: That's right. Uh, This episode originally debuted back on November 23rd, 1996. Liam, so putting us coming up on the 24 year anniversary of this uh, in this upcoming November. Uh, This is another one of those first season episodes that I can tell you, Liam, I saw this episode (laughs) <laughs> Ad um I can remember very, very vividly in, in on Saturday mornings watching the the intro because they would play the intro first for this episode. And as soon as that opening scene kicked in with this weird techno music being played for the for the uh, for the Lana Lang fashion show, it was like. Uh, uh, no. But with that being said, I did get some enjoyment out of seeing it after not having seen it quite a long time but before we get into our standard review of our four categories liam let us get the official internet movie database synopsis for this week's episode
0: that's right and this is for the episode my girl which was written by hillary j bader directed by yuichiro yano with music by lolita ritmanis and that synopsis leads reads as such Clark reunites with his old girlfriend Lana Lang, who volunteers to spy on him, spy for him, on her new lover Lex Luthor. Sorry, I couldn't get through that one without. So, like nobody, nobody in the real world uses the word lover, so there's no way to make that not. I can't say that word and not do like a silly voice when I say it. I love it. But yeah, I love uh, it. Yeah. That's that's a Fitch decent well. basic. Yeah, a decent basic uh, synopsis of of this episode is that, uh, as you mentioned, Cal, at the start of the episode, uh, Clark and Lois are covering some fashion show uh, that uh, Lex Luthor happens to be in attendance to with with his new girlfriend, who also happens to be uh, running the fashion show. And that is, of course, Clark's high school girlfriend from Smallville, Lana Lang and
1: uh or or lana lang it depends on who's who saying yes. lana or lana it, de- it, it depends on who's saying it
0: honestly that's true because i mean clark superman says lana throughout the whole episode but i think i think once again i'm probably gonna bring up smallville a lot in this episode i was i had it so burned into my brain that it was pronounced lana on that show <laughs> That uh, that I I probably can't help but say Lana every time. But yeah, it might actually be Lana on this show, to be fair.
1: Well, it's funny because I'm pretty sure I think that Lex calls her Lana at least once or twice. And I believe Mercy calls her Lana Um I believe it was Mercy or 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 maybe it's it's Lois. I'm not sure. But there's it's sort of like in the Empire Strikes Back where uh, (laughs) from for three quarters of that movie, uh, people for some reason are calling Han Solo Han. Um, We're just not sure why in the middle of the movie they just started changing the pronunciation of his name. But, uh, you know, it's it's just a thing that happened and we're just going to move past it.
0: (laughs) Yeah that's a that's a great analogy that's a, that's a that's a good pull but yeah the episode from there's pretty straightforward lex is up to his usual tricks uh, of course at this point in the series he's still just the evil businessman so he's not really uh, committing direct crimes but he apparently has acquired some sort of surplus of weapons which he is selling through this shady arms dealer named Elon to a uh, to a third party to i guess they just kind of say terrorists they don't, uh, I don't think they name a country or anything this time, but, uh, uh, you know, Lex up to his usual tricks and, uh, that, that coincides with, uh, uh, these two random people try to kidnap Lana. Um, and which of course gets her and Superman face to face and she decides she's gonna spy on Lex to help Superman bring him down. But of course she's not particularly subtle about it. So, uh, Mercy and Lex kind of figure it out pretty quickly and turn her over to Elon, who attempts to uh, kill her via molten lead, which is, hey, that's pretty creative. <laughs>
1: it's definitely outside of the scope of the normal way that a, a villain would kill somebody.
0: I mean, it's good that he did that. And then also that he announced his plans to her, because if he had just shot her at her apartment, I mean... <laughs> that i mean superman wouldn't have gotten there in time so uh, i guess the episode gonna, would have been over yeah it would have been a real downer downer ending to this one but uh, yeah they uh the yeah, super course superman shows up and and saves the day at the end and uh, I mean, there's like a subplot throughout the episode where lana is sort of trying to rekindle uh, their high school romance and superman is sort of uneasy and you don't really get a feel for I feel like in this episode how until the very end when they sort of discuss things openly, how Superman really feels about like her being back and her wanting to like, uh, you know, rekindle their romance. You don't really get a feeling, I feel like, on how Superman is really absorbing all of this because the episode is much more focused on the, the points of view of Lana and to a lesser extent Lex, I feel like. So yeah, yeah.
1: I, yeah, it's, it's weird. Um, it, it kind of comes out to me. It kind of came out of left field because he, he's not flirting with her openly, but he knows that she's with Lex and she's, rendezvousing with him quite often she's you know being a source for him even though he's sort of doesn't want her to be she's constantly being a source to him she's kind of pitching herself as the future like sidekick to his superman she even goes as far to say that to to be his bat girl she says at one point um but he's yeah he's very reluctant but kisses her at one point or she kisses him <laughs> at one point and you know there's i i I guess at the end he makes it clear to her that that he's just not quite that interested in her anymore so uh despite her her interest in him
0: yeah there's that and there's one other little thing in this episode because obviously as we said we're introduced that she's dating Lex and at first Superman warns her you know he's no good he's a criminal and she doesn't believe him but then she you know, starts to overhear things and decides she's going to help Superman uh, stop him, like we said. And by the end of the episode, like Lex is like legitimately upset about it. And I, I wanted to ask your opinion on this because my I couldn't get a feel for if Lex if it's supposed to be Lex is like was like genuinely like saw a future with her and is like heartbroken or if it's just because she's helping his most hated rival in Superman. Like I couldn't tell if it was more of a, like he's actually sad or if it's more supposed to be that he just hates Superman so much. And this is just another thing Superman has taken from him.
1: I think it's difficult to place it. I would tend to go with the the latter because we don't get even throughout this series or then again in later you know iterations of him in the DCAU. we don't see him really as the ladies man lex like he's not a playboy he's not set up like bruce wayne even i mean even bruce wayne quote-unquote billionaire playboy is is sort of toned way down he i mean he has his his flirtations here and there with various people and certainly involved with various people but he isn't ever portrayed to have a you know a gaggle of women that he's constantly involved with or even the same woman that he's constantly involved with so even more even more or less so lex is not lex is not portrayed as the oh he's the he's the bachelor of metropolis that's out swooning and trying to to corral people he's sort of i mean there's there's uh you know some sort of relationship between him and mercy that is intimated but never quite fleshed out all the way and yeah. but yeah so i i because of that because we never get that and then of course he has like that relationship with enchantress uh i i think it's enchantress in the uh in the you know in the later episodes of the dcau um but he he doesn't quite he doesn't he's never quite fleshed out as this ladies man. So I, I would say that it would definitely if it was anybody else, it seemed to me he was using Lana just for the publicity almost or for the for the you know, the stature of her, this upcoming fashion designer, than it was you know, him being legitimately interested in her. Especially that he didn't go off the rails and simply try and kill he want, he wanted her dead not because she cheated on him with superman it's because she squealed you know <laughs> she gave away his plans she was a snitch
0: right. yeah that that makes sense it, it's yeah it's just an interesting little wrinkle to it is that uh and again to your point we never really have another scenario like this so it, it's hard to really fe- get a get a feel for it but i yeah i almost i almost felt like in that scene where you know, Mercy comes in at the end to tell him that, oh, uh, you know, Mr. Elon has taken her, you know, has taken over or whatever. And he just yells at her to get out. And I, I was trying to like, it's the, <laughs> I just had this little inclination of like, is it supposed to be that like he actually really did like her and like, he's disappointed. But yeah, I think, I think the way you laid it out ma- makes uh, makes as much sense as anything. And uh, yeah, as, as we said, you know, Superman shows up, saves the day. And then we wrap it up with, as we mentioned, this little scene of, you know Clark, Clark telling Lana that he, you know, he cares for her, but that he's he's just not interested in her that way. And she kind of walks off into the sunset as, uh, you know, they have they have this kind of very, I thought, very funny conversation as they're, uh, you know, as Lana's telling him, you know, one day you'll find somebody that's kind and sweet and quiet. And then immediately they're both interrupted by Lois Lane yelling at the top of her shouting. Yeah, it's <laughs> yes. like it's it's a very obvious joke, but it's it's still like really funny and really well done, and we'll get more into that in voice acting. But uh, yeah, overall, I think it's a a solid episode. I think it's fun to kind of explore some of this stuff that really hadn't hasn't been touched on. Obviously, this is still earlier in the series, but you know, for mo- for the most part, on on episodes that that we've watched Superman uh, thus far. Um, romance has certainly not been a topic that has really come up very often. So, yeah, I, I thought it was an interesting enough story and it's, it's kind of always fun, as I said, because it's a lot of these elements of a, a Clark, uh, Lana Lex love triangle, uh, again, in, invokes a lot of nostalgia for, uh, for some of those, uh, uh you know, middle seasons of Smallville. So, uh, yeah, for sure. all those reasons I gave, uh, I gave plot a, a seven out of 10.
1: Uh, I'm right there with you. I gave it a, a, a notch lower. I went six out of ten. Uh, it is a is an interesting episode for an early episode, also with not a lot of established threats. I guess in the Superman mythos, I, I guess it makes sense. It didn't. At no point to me did it seem like Superman was in any danger of of being hurt. To me, the entire yeah. tension was built around is Lana gonna be or Lana gonna be okay, um, mm-hmm. w- which. You know, I guess I guess that built some tension in it. But even that it was like there was Superman knew right away, you know, Lex tries to give her this swerve and and tell, you know, leaks this information in front of her because he knows she's over over, you know, she's listening to him. She's overhearing this conversation he he leaks that the weapons that he's trying to trade are stashed in Central City which is uh you know a nice first mention there of Central City here in in the in the DCAU but this is before the uh the team up episode i believe
0: mm-hmm. uh
1: so you get a mention of Central City there and 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 su- she tells superman obviously and superman immediately you know, knows better and thinks that Lex was setting him up. So he doesn't even go to 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 Central City. So there's no tension built there. It's like, oh Superman went to Central City. Now he has to rush back. Or, you know, it's just like, oh well, he knew it was he knew it wasn't there all along. And and there's no even there's no no tension even built as to how he's gonna find it. It's just like You know, uh, Elon has has Lana tied up and he's like you said, giving her his entire plan and Superman busts in. He's like, hey, I have great hearing. (laughs) Awesome. Like, great. Awesome. Well, there was no real tension built up there. With that said, there there are some fun and enjoyable moments. There's some good back and forth and it's it's Superman versus Lex Luthor in a way that is cerebral rather than fisticuff. So, yeah, I gave it a six out of ten.
0: All right, let's move on, Lamb, to
1: animation and visuals. Uh, Before we get into the meat and the potatoes of the animation and visuals, I have to tell you that I struggled with – I went back and forth on giving this a very low score and giving this a high score because there are, I think, a lot of visually great and interesting things here. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I feel like the characters are off-model for the majority of the episode. Uh, So before we get into what your thoughts were, so TMS was the animation studio that did this episode um, Mm -hmm. and we've, we've talked about, you know, we've had several episodes where we've talked about the different animation studios. TMS is one of the ones that they they outsourced to, uh, from what I could see pretty frequently, actually, for that first season of Superman. Um, and of course, they did some great episodes like Clayface Part Two. But then they also did Fear of Victory, which was one of the lowest scored episodes <laughs> we've ever had as far as animation visuals are concerned. So they have this sort of up and down and i know they did a lot of the new batman adventures i think i feel like they relied heavily on them because they were doing multiple shows at a time at this point in time they were doing batman they yes. were doing superman and then eventually they brought in batman beyond so you have multiple episodes and the one animation team can't work on three shows at the same time it's just impossible so they start started out outsourcing to this tms so visually there's a lot of interesting things that i think are well done but to me i think the character model seemed off almost the entire episode
0: yeah there's a little bit of that um just like weird things i feel like like the shape of superman's head is a little weird it's like stuff that you would think like the whole point of this simplified style uh when they moved over to superman the animated series and then with the new batman adventures was kind of eliminating a lot of those problems I think with their, with their animation teams and, and storyboard artists, because they went to a much more simple, easier, you know, easier to adapt style.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's
0: kind of rare. We've talked about that. There's been a couple other Superman episodes. I think we've talked about, I think one of the parts of apocalypse now comes to mind where um, it's just, for whatever reason, it's just weird, weird and off. Um, and there's definitely some of that here. Um that being said, I think the action is well-paced, and uh, you know, I love the the him saving the train because that's just like such a classic Superman gag. Absolutely, um, you know, everything from the from the Fleischer cartoons to you know Christopher Reeve to Smallville to uh, you know tons and tons of different comic books. You, you know, Superman uh, having to stop a runaway train or or save a save a train full of people is kind of a very classic Superman thing and I thought they did a creative way of of doing it in a way that I've never seen it done before where he sort of takes these two rails from an unfinished part of the railroad and and kind of just holds Mm -hmm. them up where the where the track is out and and tries to hold them up in place as the as the train passes over top so I thought that was really clever Uh, I liked the visualization of these weird guns that (laughs) the bad guys use where they like shoot them. And then this sort of weird effect goes over whatever object uh, it, it hits and then it explodes. Um, I thought that was, that was a clever thing. And I think that that final sequence where the, the, all the vats of lead have exploded in the, uh, in the factory and the whole place is just covered in, in lead. I thought that was a, a really interesting visual as well. And the whole sort of destruction of the, of the factory. So uh, I agree that I think Superman especially is is like kind of just, again, it's not terrible. It's not, uh, you know, it's not it's not like the worst thing I've ever seen or anything. But I do think you have a point there about it being sort of off model. And it's just it's enough that you notice. And yeah, um, that all being said, I still went with a strong score for animation and I actually gave it an eight out of ten.
1: Nice. Uh I again gave it just a notch lower. I went seven out of ten. Uh there were a couple things that I noticed that I that I also enjoyed. I think that scene uh the scene the 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 final scene really, well the the next to last scene where, where they're in the lead factory uh, yeah. that scene stands out as one that was visually very interesting that you know there's a there's one of these vats with the melted hot molten lead gets uh gets turned over and and it's suddenly filling the entire the entire factory and superman actually has to su- get submerged in the lead himself so he comes out to try and save lana and she she gives this awesome mm-hmm. Look at. She gives one look at him. She says, "You're a mess." And then she fall. You know, the light falls. Mark! Mark! You're a
0: mess.
1: He has to catch her, and uh, somehow, even though he's covered in molten lead, she's not burned by
0: that but I I, I I like to think that he's he's fast enough that he like shook it off of the hand he caught her with <laughs> on his way out like, he shook like that. Off his hands first and then somehow got it off the rest of him by the time he was flying out of the building holding uh her and elon but there you uh, go yeah.
1: yeah i mean that, that made sense yeah because by the time he was out of the uh, out of the exploding factory he he was completely uncovered by it so uh, there's there's actually another uh something in that scene that I that I may mention just a little bit later, but um yeah, that mm-hmm. scene itself stands out, and I thought it was really really great. Great. I thought uh so Elon, the character himself, and I know this is many many moons before Man of Steel came out, but I I happen to notice that Elon sort of resembled Michael Shannon, yeah. uh, who plays Zod in Man of Steel. For those of you yeah. don't know. Very famous actor. Um, He also, like, he looks more like modern-day uh michael shannon you know if you <laughs> saw him in in the waco waco docudrama the mm-hmm. the docudrama that they did on the you know the waco texas thing he, he looks very similar to him i don't know if there was a, a specific person that that was designed off of but i i thought it was close enough and there's that superman connection there where i was like oh that's that's cool that's that's a nice nod or not nice nod depending on if they meant it or not uh, <laughs> we also get we also get the return of the uh the brown and yellow Clark Kent suit in this episode. I don't know if you noticed that yeah. Clark is driving in his car and this time he does have a yellow shirt on with a black tie. So it's, it's almost exactly the same suit that Bruce Wayne moves or wears. I think it's just the, uh, the pants are darker than the jacket as opposed to the
0: way that Bruce wears it. Yeah. But we, I, get, we get a suit changed because he's in the, the the sort of traditional blue and red at the end. So, like I feel like there usually when they're when they're in the one outfit, it's usually what they're in for the whole episode. So, and we get Clark in a tux in this episode, so a lot of a lot of quick quick, true, quick, yeah. quick change Superman, uh, if there,
1: you will. There, there you go. Hey, they should make a figure of that. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, there there are a lot of visually interesting things here. Um, but like I said, the the off model nature of it sort of took me out of it at some points. Overall visually it is certainly a very interesting episode overall though definitely all right Liam. let's move on to music now <laughs> i feel like we need to, this is where if this was a video podcast we would post that uh, bernie sanders uh, meme the i am once again <laughs> asking you yes. uh meme because <clears throat> so i have been championing what well, we have been championing for several weeks that hey wb you need to release these soundtracks for episodes that have not been released before uh we talked a lot about batman beyond justice unlimited last week i praised wb thank you for releasing superman the animated series soundtrack on you know a four disc cd Mm -hmm. Uh, i went back to review that today and wouldn't you know silly me i didn't realize it's not a complete it's I mean, how could it be on four discs when there's you know, <laughs> 40, 50 some episodes of Superman animated series? Right. It is not a complete soundtrack. So they have released one edition of the soundtrack with episodes scattered from first to last season, missing many, many episodes. And of course, My Girl happens to be one of them. So uh, as I stated at the beginning of the episode, the music in the very opening scene is very memorable to me and was an instant channel changer for several years. Um, (laughs) but uh overall i think the music uh, builds some tension in the scenes there's not a lot that because there's not like a main villain we do get some of the lex luthor theme woven as he's sort of pondering and realizing that lana is sort of turning on him or not on his side i felt that come through but overall to me it was just general mood setting music uh With that said, I think it adds to the tension in the final scene very well. So I gave music a six out of ten. What about you?
0: Yeah, I'm uh, I'm right. I'm right. The exact same score actually, six out of ten. The most noticeable thing to me uh, is when the the two the two random women kidnap Lana at the start of the episode. Um, When they (laughs) throw her into the elevator, there's like it gets like there's like this super like jazzy like swinging like there's uh, it's swinging music to it and there's i was like oh this is an interesting (laughs) theme and it reminds me kind of i don't know like the bullet for bullock or some of those like really kind of out there more jazzy themes i was like oh i wonder if this is going to have like this this is going to be kind of the theme for the whole episode um but we don't really get that past that opening scene uh, and and then from there on yep. and again it's difficult because I'm sure there's a lot of great work done by Lolita Romanis in this episode that is just hard to pick up on when you have you know voice acting and sound effects and all that layered in on top of it but um yep. uh, yeah uh, you know you get I like again I love the as I said the sequence where uh, where he has to save the train you you get sort of dramatic music and then interwoven with the Superman theme I always think that's the way sim- uh, very similar to the way they uh, Shirley Walker and and, and uh, Lolita Romanis and the rest of the composers and Batman the animated series would be able to kind of weave in the music of the episode with that with the Batman theme. I think uh, they're they're showing a similar acumen here, a similar ability to do that with the Superman theme, where you can kind of have a big dramatic moment with sort of more you know normal. I I don't like the word generic, but sort of more traditional action or dramatic music playing and then you sort of when you cut back to superman you know uh, and whatever actions he's taking you kind of layer in the superman theme on top i thought that was clever so yeah music six out of ten uh good um but nothing uh, nothing super standout at least that we could hear
1: right exactly Uh, I am once again asking Warner Brothers and La La Land Records to please release your music on streaming services.
0: We'd love to give you our money, you know?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Please. Uh, All right. Let us move on to our final category of the day, Liam. I have a couple new and a couple of returning voices here for our voice cast. Uh, Who's notable for this week?
0: Yeah, we have uh, some returning uh, guest characters like Mercy, played by Lisa Edelstein um we've we've heard quite a few times again very minor role in this episode um she's she's just kind of there to to move the plot along but i thought it was worth mentioning her we have uh larry drake as uh the the evil arms dealer elon who was uh uh tons of voice acting work in his career including uh playing pops on johnny bravo (laughs) um i I believe he also did a voice on batman beyond although it wasn't a character i recognize i believe in the episode the winning edge he he voices somebody but uh yeah they uh he actually he might voice the the doctor in uh in batman in the the winning edge oh okay not 100 percent on that i because again i don't remember that doctor's name
1: (laughs) Right, right, right. But, right. Uh,
0: but anyway, I, I like him. Again, he's just kind of this generic, sleazy bad guy. But I think he does. I think he does a good job. And I, his turn at the end, when he shows up to kidnap Lana, I think is good. Um, Agreed. Yeah, we have Lardy Fraser and uh, Valerie Bromfield has Lizzie and Big Susan, which are apparently the names of those random women who tried to kidnap. <laughs> <laughs> I think Big Susan is a fantastic name by the way and I'm sad she never came back because she should she, I like that character design and I I just thought that was such a when I saw her name in the credits I was like Big Susan is the best supervillain name I've ever heard.
1: It's just Can a bizarre it. like yeah it's like a bizarre one-off appearance and and very specific like they could have used any generic like you, you got to wonder if that was an homage to somebody in particular or yeah. friends of somebody or what the story is behind those characters. Cause again, they didn't just use a generic, you know, model that they reused over and over again. It's somebody specific that they used and yeah. never used again.
0: Yeah. And then we have, uh, we have Jolie Fisher as Lana Lang, who folks might know from the mask or inspector gadget, generally like any comedy from the nineties, uh, <laughs> She's she's one of those women that you maybe wouldn't recognize the name, but if you see her face, you'll uh, you'll probably uh, remember her. She was uh uh she she's also done a lot of other voice acting, but uh, I really like her as Lana. I think again maybe it's just because and we ha- we don't get a lot of Dana Delaney as Lois in this episode, but obviously that's sort of the, a little bit of the point of the episode, at least at the end there, is to contrast this like you know loving nice woman who just wants to help clark versus and you know is is pining after him versus this sort of you know loud you know opinionated sure of herself woman that clark is sort of pining after on the other side of it so i really like her as lana though
1: yeah she does a really really good job um you know she talks for a lot of the episode yes uh, she has a lot to do and for somebody who's not a series regular and not somebody that comes back that's asking a lot of somebody and we've seen that in the past where that can be uh very difficult to do you know we've we've seen huge named actors like guys like William H. Macy who have come into episodes and guest starred Mm -hmm. and asked to do huge roles and we've been sort of uh, you know less than impressed with Uh, but then you have you have somebody who's who's required or asked to come in here and early on very on in this series carry almost an entire episode on their own or have a lot of scenes to do with the lead that's also sort of learning their character in a way um so yeah she does for what was asked of her and for what this character is she does a really really great job i agree i still don't see how you knew oh come on clark just because i'm gorgeous doesn't mean i'm stupid i saw you do all those amazing things back in high school then superman shows up in metropolis the same time as you do
0: how do you know when i showed up in metropolis
1: i've been keeping track root beer float See, I didn't forget.
0: Lana, I've come to warn you. About Lex, I know everyone has. Powerful men get those kinds of reputations. And I like powerful men. Lana, this is no joke. That man Luthor was speaking with tonight, he's a known arms dealer, responsible for the deaths of thousands of people.
1: And you think Lex is buying weapons through him?
0: No, selling. I think Luthor's got a stockpile somewhere he's trying to unload.
1: Well, you're wrong. Besides, I know
0: how to handle Lex. I know how to handle most men, in fact. It's only Clark Kent I've ever had any trouble pinning down. For me, Lana, just be careful. For you, Clark, anything. Yeah, and then, of course, we have Clancy Brown as Lex Luthor, who... I really like him a lot in this episode. Like we said, the uh, questions about his sort of motivation, uh, notwithstanding, he's just already, as, as we keep mentioning, this is pretty early in the in the production order of the series. And like and we and we, I think we've talked about that in pretty much every episode of Superman we reviewed that he appears in. But it's just he knew it like the second he got this role, he knew exactly how to play it. And yeah, he's he's really, really great in this episode as well, I think.
1: Yeah, he's, I mean, it's not a ton, uh, but yeah, even his, the fact that we were asking, like, is his motivation because he really liked her, or is his motivation because he's just angry at Superman, I think that's great that we don't know, that we Mm -hmm. sort of have to interpret that, because that means that it wasn't obvious in the way that he was acting one way or the other, which... You know, in a way, they left it sort of ambiguous. So the fact that his acting came through also is ambiguous. I think that's a testament to, yeah, Clancy
0: Brown's great. We always talk about how great he is. Absolutely. And then, uh, yeah, wrapping it up, we have Tim Daly's Superman. And, you know, we've talked about this a lot, especially in these first season episodes. He tends to be a bit monotone. And I think that is at play here. I don't think he's bad necessarily, but... Uh, but, but I also, but I also, I think it's playing off of, as, as he does so much in this episode, playing off Jolie Fisher as, as Lana and to a lesser extent, Dana Delaney as Lois. He's just, he's kind of so dry and everything is so straightforward, but, uh, he does, I do love the line. Cause I think it's a line that only Tim Daly, Superman maybe could get away with, <laughs> which is, uh, when the terrorists are testing these, w- weird weapons, and they're blowing up trees, and a deer runs out. I think it's deer season. Sorry, it's only open season on terrorists. And uh, uh, somebody goes, oh, it's deer season, and he shoots at it, and Superman lands and saves the deer, and he says... Sorry, it's only open season on terrorists. And I just I don't know if anybody even like another animated Superman could have pulled off that line as well as Tim Daly's Superman did because that's such a silly like goofy line but he yep. pulled it off. Yep,
1: absolutely. Uh, there's even a line somewhere. I believe it's. I believe Clark says it. It's either Clark or Lana says. I think it's Lana it says. Uh, thanks to Superman or something like that, which is a mm-hmm. nod, of course, to the to the Fleischer cartoons and the Superman radio oh, yeah. program uh, of the of the 40s, where that that's kind of what they were. Their throw to would be what Clark's throw to. Oh yes, it was all done. Thanks to Superman. Like yeah. you know. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you, though, that the fact that Clark Clark is able to deliver that line with a straight face and it didn't it didn't sound goofy like yeah. there are a lot of those quips sometimes that you're just like, ah got to roll your eyes, you know, Terry or. Your- <laughs> Terry has a quip, or some of those Batman the Animated Series episodes where Batman has a quip. It's like,
0: ugh. "I'm an equal opportunity crime fighter." Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. There's been several of those where you're just kind of like, "Ugh." Yeah. That doesn't seem very Batman, but okay. But <laughs> yeah, I, I, this seemed to fit the Superman character
0: well. I. Yeah, I agree. and I, uh, I, I liked the that first scene where Lana sort of, uh, first tells him that she knows he's Clark where she's just and again it's just it felt very natural to her for when she goes oh let me guess Martha sewed it for you and that you know that that yeah. little exchange they have and Superman kind of being taken aback by it and then you know, Lex running in to check on her so Superman kind of flies away before they can really discuss it I yeah I thought I thought everybody is uh is for the most part very good in this episode and I uh, I gave voice acting actually a perfect 10 out of 10.
1: Wow. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I went a uh, a little bit lower. I went eight out of 10 on my score. Um, I think there's some good stuff here and I think that, uh, again, some of the characters are still finding their footing, uh, on some things. I I really would have loved to have seen a little more, uh, interaction between Lois and Lana. We don't get that. Actually, you know what, you know, side sidebar, I almost would have preferred if doing the, at some point during a crossover, they did a Bruce and Lana Lang sort of thing also, yeah. because that that would have been very interesting because she's obviously very high society. She's rich. She's a fashion designer. Um, and to see see Bruce interact with another one of Clark's girls, as it were, yeah. I think would have been would have been interesting. It kind of made me miss miss that as an opportunity there. But yeah. Yeah. Very, very strong episode voice wise, though.
0: Yeah, agreed. All right, well let's total. Th- Whoop. Yep.
1: Yeah, you got it. That's right. There is a bonus point sound there. Uh, Liam, uh, I sort of, you know, briefly sort of alluded to it when we were talking visuals that there was a uh, something in that final scene there at the lead factory that uh, that I thought was a uh, visually pretty awesome. Uh, did you happen to notice? the homage to the Fleischer Superman
0: cartoons. (laughs) You know, I actually had that in my notes and had forgotten to mention it. And when we talked about visuals, so it's uh, quite, uh, quite fortuitous that you bring it up now, but yes, uh, similarly in the Fleischer short mechanical monsters, there's some sort of molten uh, lava is about to pour on Lois and Superman sort of rushes in and stands over her and, and sort of spreads out his cape so that it doesn't fall on her. And, we get quite a similar moment here with uh, Superman saving Lana in a, in a pretty similar way.
1: Yeah, I thought that stood out. It was fantastic. Uh, having just done a review of some of those Fleischer cartoons just a few mm-hmm. months ago, uh, which you can hear in the archives at the DCAUreview.com if you're interested. That was in our Elseworlds Superman month. We reviewed uh, two of those Fleischer cartoons uh, but you, you know, you immediately get flashbacks to that. He extends his cape out, and it's it's from a different perspective. It's not that shot-for-shot shot remake, but it's clearly an homage to that. Yes. It's clearly a nod to hey. These cartoons came first, and we talked about it all on that episode, so go back and listen to it. But we know that without those those original Fleischer cartoons, these Superman cartoons would not exist. Um, So the fact that they're there and they are able to wink and nod and give their homages there in a way that is not a shot-for-shot remake, but for those who know what it is, it sticks out. Um, it, it left me, I was like, that was awesome. That was a great way to include that. And that visual in those in those original cartoons was absolutely stunning. We, I definitely remember us talking about mm-hmm. it in, in our review. Uh, so for it to come back again and Superman to sort of use his cape as a shield to protect her from being scalded by this molten lava or molten lead in this case, uh, I, I just, I loved that. So uh, I, I had to throw in an extra bonus point for that, uh, that straight homage to the Fleischer cartoons. Nice. All right. So let's total everything up here, Liam. Uh, Totaling up our scores here, I am coming up with a final score of 28 out of 40.
0: Yeah, and I'm a touch higher there. My final score is 31 out of 40.
1: Very good. All right, Liam. So here's what we all want to know is rewatchability. I would say in the grand scheme of things – Uh, Lana doesn't come back except for – she only comes back in that one small appearance in the Late Mr. Kent, if I recall, right? Well,
0: there's also the – she shows up in the the future Toy Man episode, which may or may not be – reviewing later this month.
1: Oh, that's right. So let, let me, let me take that back. Okay. So yeah, I guess then based on the fact that this is a, this is a returning character, this is a part, you know, you get to see part of Clark's past come from that very first episode, the last son of Krypton, sort of what happened when, if you're a fan of any Superman comics or Smallville or any of those things that you've mm-hmm. seen this character line before um seeing how the dc if you're a fan
0: of superman 3 starring richard Pryor specifically
1: <laughs> many many fans of that movie Naturally. um um yeah i would say that it it's a necessity in just that hey you know it builds it builds some more backstory for superman at least and that it adds to the superman lex rivalry i guess uh so I, yeah I, I give this a i give this a rewatch or a, a one thumb up what about you
0: yeah, I, I would say so. Just for as you mentioned, she she does sort of play a, a minor part in in the late Mr. Kent, and then uh, you know, is kind of a big supporting character in a in a future episode. So yeah, I, I think it's worth a watch. And you know, as an episode, like we said, it's not perfect, uh, but it does have some uh, some really strong points in it. So yeah, I, I think this is worth a uh, worth a rewatch, especially. Uh, You know, Lana Lang is not the most consequential character to the DCAU. So yeah, if you're if you're only trying to watch like the benchmarks for the whole universe, you could probably skip this one. But if you're looking for like specific episodes that are kind of important to just this show, just Superman, then yeah, I think this is uh, this is worth a rewatch.
1: And there's some neat visuals along the way. You know, Some, as you said, the classic Superman locomotive trope and mm-hmm. you know, a couple of the other things that we talked about here, even if I didn't think that the character design was the best of the series, it's still visually. There are a lot of interesting things uh, and worth worth a rewatch for sure. Agree. All right, William, well, that will wrap us up for this week. Thank you everybody for tuning in. Don't forget, as we always remind you, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app, whether Apple Google or Spotify or iHeartRadio or any of those podcast places. You can subscribe to us on there. We would also, if they allow you to leave a review, we would love for you to do that. Leave us a five-star review. It helps us. It helps get more people to listen to our program. Um, It's very easy to do so now through Apple Music also or Apple Apple Podcasts. You can go right in the app there. Give us a five-star review. Leave us some feedback. Tell us what you like. Uh, maybe you, you want to leave in that review more episodes you want to see of a particular series reviewed. Give it feedback there. Or you can always tweet Liam at DCAU Review. That is our mm-hmm. Twitter page. Uh, Liam is always talking about. All the things happening in the DCAU and certainly in the DC and comics as a whole. Uh, Before we move forward, Liam, let's give the good listeners a preview, which they probably already would have known if they had been following you on Twitter. Uh, But uh, let's talk about what we're going to be reviewing next week on next week's DCAU review.
0: Yes, that's right. We are, in fact, going to be reviewing another uh, important character's uh, DCAU debut, and that is the debut of Lobo in The Main Man, parts one and two.
1: Man, we have been uh, sort of scratching to review this one. Of course, we've we reviewed uh, the Justice League episode uh, hereafter uh, that he appears in. Uh, but we have yet to sort of cover his initial appearance here. So uh, Brad Garrett as Lobo,
0: <laughs> what else could you ask for? That's right. Uh, can't, definitely can't wait to tackle uh, that that two-parter. Um, lots of fun stuff to talk about, so definitely looking forward to that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, don't forget also to follow us on Instagram. Liam posts uh, – we'll post clips on there from upcoming episodes. Uh, we get our flashback Fridays on there. We'll recommend an older episode, maybe from the archives that you haven't heard yet.
0: And uh, awesome. we're also talking this this week. we okay. have been putting up some, uh, some photos of the new Batman, the adventures continue toy line. We're starting to get some photos of uh, the actual toys in package showing up.
1: Don't forget to like subscribe and follow us uh, on all social media and podcast apps. Uh, but until next week, I'm Cal and I'm Liam. We'll talk to you on the next episode
0: of the DCAU Review. Bye-bye.